This is the Post America Podcast. That's right, motherfucker. What the fuck you know about podcasting? This is our shit. Post America. Macho Black, Richie Crutch, Chrissy the Baboon. Post America Podcast, son. Download that shit, motherfucker. What's up, everybody? This is Richie from Post America Podcast. Another episode. Today we have Scott Vogel from Terror. We're going to talk to him about everything that's going on in the world. What's up, Scotty? Not too much. Thanks for having me. Um, uh, Glad to be here. Uh, I think you're a great person. I thought Joe might be here, too. I think he's a great person. Joe's a good uh, guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. (laughs) But uh, glad to talk, glad to spend some time with you from a distance. I mean, we know you got love for me and Joe, but Luke is your favorite guy in the band. Everybody, <laughs> uh, Favorite and least favorite all in one. Oh, <laughs> yo, listen, I wanted to talk to you and some other key people uh, because of what's going on right now, because you basically are a professional touring musician. Like, that's your job, right? That's kind of basically your livelihood, no? Uh, absolutely. I haven't done anything else. Uh, when Terror started, which was maybe 19 years ago, uh, I had a full-time job doing some sort of, like, telemarketing bullshit. But I, once we started touring full-time, which is probably uh, towards the end of 2002, I quit, and I have not had another job since i mean i do i i'm i'm good at let's say hustling and i i managed a couple bands throughout those years and stuff like that but no terror is my uh only source of income yeah and even when if you manage bands it's still that's you know music is your right. game basically right uh, yeah and, all my hustles are music yeah and uh could you have ever foreseen having to stop your livelihood uh, for any other reason except you your own choice you understand what i mean like this yeah, is uh, yeah yeah I, I understand exactly what you mean um no there, there have been times throughout the 20 years of terror i've contemplated whether i want to live out of a suitcase or get on another flight or be around the same five dudes four four or five dudes every day for a month it, it is very uh mentally taxing and physically taxing but yeah. i never i thought it would always be my choice and i've always said oh my god we tour too much i would love to not tour i would love to not tour i just want to be on my couch i just want to be in my apartment i just want to be home and uh yeah by uh not not the reasons of terror choosing that but what has happened i've uh got what i wished for and you still you still feeling good about it or are you itching to get back to you to your work uh this this whole uh we haven't played a show since march 15th and it's been an, an a crazy roller coaster for me so if, if you want to get into that we can get into it i haven't you know obviously people that know me i've talked to it about but i've been on some other podcasts but not not with someone close enough that i felt comfortable with going into 
the kind of insane ride that I've had um, that I'm like currently dealing with today, um, all surrounding coronavirus. Because uh, I mean, you just want me to get into this and go. Yes, the start? Scott, I want to hear this. All right, so you know, I, I think when um, you talk about coronavirus, there's many, many opinions, there's many ideas, there's many theories. But I can tell everyone out there that I had it. It fucked me up, and it's still fucking me up. Um, we were on tour uh, with Magnitude, Kublai Khan, and Restraining Order uh, early March through March 14th. Um, it was on the East Coast in the Midwest. Uh, I felt great on the tour. Everything was fine. Everyone in the band was fine. Not until the last weekend. You know, the the stories were going on about coronavirus most mostly in Europe. Yeah. And there was a, a slight scare. But the last weekend of our shows, it really got bad. And phone calls started going around. Are these shows going to be canceled? Let's just get through these shows. Um Luckily or unluckily, from what I'm about to tell you, they all happened. Um, and the last show was in Cincinnati. Felt great. Uh, the next day, I, I stayed in a hotel. I want to say by myself in Cincinnati because we, the way terror is when we're done with a tour, we've been around each other so much, we kind of just get away from each other and do our own thing to get to and from a tour. Smart um, <laughs> Um, I remember waking up, let's say on the 14th or the 15th, the day after the last show. And I had like a congested nose and whatever I did, you know, obviously in the back of your mind, you're like, Oh shit, is this it? Mm. But uh, I'm the time, you know, beside, and to put this all out there, besides the, the spinal things in my neck and my back beating myself up on tour, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 47. Uh, I got, I've got a gut, but other than that, I'm in pretty good health. And I, I, you know, I go on tour to all these shitty places and always get through, you know, a lot of times on tour, you get sick just from the, you know, and as much as I love to give my microphone to anybody and then breathe or spit in and all that. Yeah. It's fucking (laughs) disgusting. So, uh, you know, I flew home. I was very happy to get home. The world was in very much panic mode. No one really knew what was going on. I got home and I, I felt kind of sick. Um, told my girl, hey, I feel sick. She was like, you know, you're just sick from tour or whatever. And uh, let's say the next three or four days, I was just like, hey, I'm just sick from tour. And this just went on for, I would say, exactly two weeks where I was fucked up. I, I was sleep all night. I would wake up, try to eat something for breakfast, try to get up and walk around. I was just tired, sweating. I went to the uh, pharmacy and bought a thermometer. I would have a fever on and off. It never lasted. Um, I was just really fucking sick, like a really bad Damn. flu all in my nose, my nose. It never went to my throat or my lungs. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, uh, I was just sick as shit. And it, it's weird because I was starting to really panic. And, um, I told my girlfriend, um, 
you know, I'm thinking about going to the hospital. I'm thinking about going to the hospital. Uh, I'm sleeping on the couch, staying away from her. Um, Our... (laughs) Our heat went out, which it was pretty cold. In Cal- like in LA, it was cold. Like we, we would have our heat on, our heat went out, and that was a little bit miserable. And I called the landlord, and they, they sent someone over like two days later. And I, I remember thinking to myself, all right, I don't want to leave my girlfriend here alone when this guy comes in the house. Who knows who's coming over here to fix the heater? When he leaves, I'm going to the to the emergency room, and I I put like my phone, a couple things in my pot, my coat pocket put on some sweatpants, got a charger, got headphones. And I was just, I was going to the the emergency room to see what would happen. I I felt that bad. I I was fucked. And I don't know what happened. He came over and he fixed the heat and I just changed my mind. And I just said, I was going to call, uh, Oh shit. I I forgot to bring this up. This is very, very important because this is the, the foundation of the rest of the three, Mm. four months. My ear, my left ear plugged up like uh, it, it just felt like when you go in a pool and your ear plugs up. This was the thing that I said, OK, I got to go to the emergency room because my head was so congested and my ear just it, it plugged up and it wouldn't go away. Like I, I, I could, you know, hold your nose and blow it out and it would open back up, but it would re-plug up. Damn. So I just changed my mind and I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. Um, fucking uh uh urgent care uh facetime appointment that that's what they were doing like these facetime appointments where you would like call the doctor and talk to him on your phone mm-hmm. so i did that and he gave me um antibiotics a uh, oral steroid to take down the inflammation and uh, prescribed like uh, Claritin and like a, a nasal, a, a, a spray in my nose for allergies just to all take all this down. And another side note, I've never in my life had any problem with allergies ever, uh, you know, nothing like that at all. Yeah. Um, so as soon as he gave me all that stuff, it started to go away, like immediately. And I was like, okay, maybe I just had this sinus infection. Maybe it was all my sinuses. It went away. And uh, let's say within a week, you know, I was feeling 75% better. So by, let's say, mid-April. So the, the last two weeks of March, I was fucking dead. The first two weeks of April, this shit was all going away. Mid-April, I'm feeling great. Um Mm. Uh, I'm obviously scared of what's going on in the world. I'm, I'm obviously worried about the future of music and band and everything you, you just brought up. Yeah. Uh, I was able to get unemployment. My girlfriend was able to get unemployment. So we were in a decent spot there and I was just like dealing with it. But as I said before, I, I, we toured territory so much. It was nice to just be like, I have no flights coming up. I have no merch designs to worry about. Terror is on full pause, whether I like it or not. I was taking bike rides. I was taking walks. You know, I live in Burbank, California. So, uh, I would say it's a semi nice suburb in LA. It's still, you know, obviously there's a million people everywhere, but the weather was good. I was, I was okay. And I, I was semi happy. Um, 
I would say, let, let's just say, the, this is this timeline's somewhat off. Let's say a month later, the ear thing, the left ear thing came back. And I was like, wow, fuck. So let's say now mid-May, the, mm-hmm. the, ear, the ear thing comes back. And I'm like, fuck. So I do a FaceTime appointment with the same doctor, the urgent care. He does the same exact thing. I take the same exact shit. It goes away again immediately within like three days. So didn't think much of it. Wasn't panicked. I I just didn't really know. Uh, I guess when you have something that goes away right away, you kind of think, okay, it's gone. Yeah, for sure. So another month, another three weeks, the ear thing comes back. I call the urgent care guy. He's like, hey, this is now a chronic problem. You need to go to the ear, nose, and throat specialist because I'm going to give you this stuff. It's going to go away and it's going to come back. Like This is now like a real problem. Yeah. Um, this is also the same – I want to say the same exact time, like a few days before or a few days into – uh, all the George Floyd stuff popping off in uh, that side of the world, just really heating up and going insane. Um, so now I go from kind of being in a good place and enjoying the peace, but also, you know, in the back of your mind, you're always worried about the future and you don't want your friends to get sick and you see people dying, all that, you know, I, I don't want to be insensitive to that at all. And yeah. then the George Floyd situation explodes. My ear goes uh, plugged for the third time. I'm thinking, oh, he's just going to do the same thing. But he's like, nah, this is a problem now. Uh, Let I me see- ask you, do yeah, you yeah, sure. did you, as a singer, a lot of singers go to like an ear, uh, nose, and throat specialist. Have you ever done that before? I've got my hearing checked. Um Every couple of years and my ears are, have always been, wow, I can't believe you, you've been in a band for 20 years and your ears are this good. Okay. So you're always in good shape. Yeah. Okay. With my ears. Unbelievably, because I hate earplugs and I, 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 I've yeah. never worn them. Um, so I see three different ear, nose and throat specialists because the first one was a really old guy and he, he told me, uh, just wait f- Take take the Claritin and the just take the sinus medicine and give it five weeks and it'll go away. And I, I want to say this too: when your one ear's plugged, it's not just like you're saying "huh" to a lot of people. It makes you feel kind of dizzy all the time, like your equilibrium is off all the time. Uh, when you bend up and down, so if I were to like do stuff in the house and clean the house, bending up and down, you get like you're, you're like off all the time. You yeah. You, I, I haven't felt right in two months, like getting kind of headaches and kind of dizzy all the time and like riding my bike when you like move your head to look for traffic all the time. It's just I can't do it. Wow, so it's, it's it's not just like your ears is plugged and, and you feel half deaf. Yes. It fucks you up. So um, uh, so I saw the first guy. He said, just give it five weeks and it'll go away. And I was like, no, that old I sucker. Went, yeah, I went to another ear, nose, and throat specialist, and uh, he just wanted a bunch of money from me. He just wanted to do all this stuff and said he won't take my insurance. And I have good, I have a Blue Shield PPO um, health insurance, which is a whole other story. Like um, my ex, ex, ex girlfriend, when we broke up, uh, like, I don't know, 15 years ago, 
she let me stay on her insurance plan because she knew that I was just a fucking hardcore kid living in a van and she had really good health insurance from being a nurse. So long story short, I have good health insurance, but I have to pay for it. Even with Obamacare, it's still $230 a month. So, um, but with my, with my fucked up back, I just need it. Um, so I have really good health insurance and this guy was like, we don't take your insurance and blah, 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 blah. I'll do this, this, and this. And I was just like, this guy's like your typical LA doctor. Fuck this. No. Not fuck this guy, but I'm going to go see someone else. The third doctor I went to did a CAT scan on uh, my ear, nose, and throat. Um, They did a hearing test where you, you know, your normal hearing test where you hear a a tone and press a button to see how quick you react and press which side it's on and all this shit. So uh, another story back up. Along the way, I wanted to see if I had coronavirus back in March. Mm. I got an antibody test and I was positive. So I assumed what happened in March was coronavirus. Um, This doctor did all these tests and he said, all the tubes in your uh, under your eyes, so like your cheeks, I guess, but it's below your eyes, and all the two, all the, the workings between your ear and your nose, because they're all connected, are so inflamed from, we're assuming, coronavirus that your ear is just plugged on the inside. It's nothing like from your ear to the outside. It's all inside, all this inflammation. It's It just is so bad and all the steroids and normal stuff took it down a little bit, but it always grew back. So Damn. We, have to, we, we have to, you have to have surgery. Yeah. So, uh, basically, uh, exactly a month ago, they, uh, and, and to get surgery, you have to get a coronavirus test where they swab inside your nose really hard. It was really fucking painful for anyone. Like that first one that everybody was seeing, right? Oh, it was crazy. Yeah, that looks brutal. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So when I did that, I I was negative for coronavirus, but positive again for antibodies, which again confirming to me that I had coronavirus. And it was all in my nose and in my fucking uh, sinuses and fucked me up so bad that it made my shit so inflamed that my body couldn't beat it itself. And now... This doctor, what they did is they put me to sleep, like big time put me to sleep. And all up through my nostrils, they put these, uh, I don't know exactly what it is, but they put these little instruments that have a balloon attached to them. And in all the places that there's all this inflammation, they, they use a camera to find the spot. And then they inflate this balloon to push it all open. And then they deflate the balloon and pull it out of that area and go to wow. other areas. Yo, this and at the same time too, the doctor said that my septum is kind of crooked and that I have extra cartilage. This is just from birth, mm. cartilage on the same side on the left side of my nose, and my breathing on the left side is always my whole life has been fucked up. So while they're doing this, they're gonna fucking fix this at the same time. So they stick all these things up through my nostrils, fix my septum, cut some cartilage out. And do all this shit. 
and the the problem with this is in doing all this it's not like you wake up and you're better you're worse because they did shoved all this shit up in your fucking face so all the inflammation gets worse and there's all this blood and all this fucking mucus so the last month has been brutal fucking brutal um they took they told me within five weeks my ears should open up we're at four weeks and my my ears still plug so i'm on two months of this like feeling dizzy feeling off weird headaches and um I would say I'm 90% better from all the shit they'd done with the procedure. Like all the shit, like blood and all that is gone. But my ear is still motherfucking plugged. So I don't want to get in this negative headspace that they did all this for nothing. I'm thinking within the next week, because all the inflammation's going down, 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 down. I'm feeling better, 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 better. Every time they look in my, you know, after the follow ups from surgery, they shove little cameras excuse me, up in my nose and shit and say, oh, it looks perfect. Your ears open. Just give it time. So I'm, I'm thinking in the next week or so it's going to be better and I'm going to be happy. But in the back of my mind, there's always like, did this operation not work? Uh, I mean, if they're saying it looks good, then we got to assume it looks good, right? I, I'll, I, I'm keeping that mindset, but as the person going through it, you always have that pessimistic yeah. in the back of your head. Is Did this not work? Now, is this something that they saw before as a, like a, a direct effect from someone who might have coronavirus? Like, did were did they were they aware of this? Did they you know were they like, oh, we saw this before. This is X, Y, and Z, or is this something like, wow, this probably is from coronavirus? Like, how confident were they? They they, they haven't seen anything like it. I've Googled it and. I haven't come up with this thing where coronavirus closes your fucking ear up, but I have, I've never had a problem with my ear in my life. I've never had a problem with sinuses in my life. I've never had a problem with breathing in my life. When I had coronavirus, it was so bad in my, like I said, it never went to my lungs. It was never a breathing thing. It was never a coughing Mm -hmm. thing. It was all so bad in my fucking nose. It was so bad. I mean, so, you, you got to put two and two together. It was yeah. all right here, and this is all still right here. And that's what we do here. We do hear like there's complications afterwards that a lot of people are having. People that well, think they kicked it are having a lot of uh, issues with breathing, respiratory problems, this and that. Right, yeah. The, the doctor said to me, you're going to hear about all these people surviving and getting off the ventilators, but they're not going to tell you how these people are f- they're breathing and their respiratory system is fucked up for the rest of their lives. Jeez, so, man. yeah. So uh, that that's my story. I know a, a few other people that were close to the terror situation on this tour that also tested positive. It's not my place to put anyone's business out there, but yeah. uh, I would think you know, like I said, I I love people to sing along. I love people to take the mic from me, and um, I'm a very in your face, dirty, dirty, dirty singer. And, and you think about that lifestyle. I'm also in the crowd all the time, talking to people, touching people's hands and take, this sounds kind of corny, but taking pictures with people and shit like that. So like, uh, yeah, man. And plus I mean, playing in Ohio, that's like the dirtiest people ever. <laughs> <laughs> I, di- I didn't say that. 
That's crazy. Now, how do you feel like right now? Are you like still like going to bed early? Are, are, are you able to like ride the bike and this and that? Or are you still kind of fucked up and just laying around? No, I, uh, the, the times when my ear wasn't plugged up, I was ultra energized and ultra active. I was, I was, I was going hard. Like I was putting in like 15,000 to 20,000 steps at night, a day with bike rides and cleaning my house and my garage and being super active. So yeah, be, besides the ear, I felt great. And like I said, I was super happy to, uh, you know, just like, uh, when, when it comes to terror, I'm the the guy that takes care of everything and pushes everything and stresses about everything. So to not have that really freed me up to really not have to worry about that and and, and do some yeah. other stuff for myself. So uh, no, I wasn't. I, besides the ear, I felt great. And um, well, that's good. And yeah, how, did the doctors crazy. mention? Like they know you're a singer. Did they mention that there might be any complications or problems in the future at all? Or they didn't say, well, the next step of this, if this doesn't work is they cause what's happening is there's liquid liquid that usually can flow in there is now trapped in there. That's what's causing the plug up. So the next, the next step is they put a little slit in your eardrum and oh. put a little, put a little tube in it so it opens it to the outside that there can be this flow and liquid comes out and air can come in and out. Um, but, but, and also everything I'm saying might not be hundred percent accurate. This is just stuff that the doctor told me. So yeah. I, might, I may have it a little bit twisted because when you talk to a doctor, they talk fast and you're trying to get all the information and you're stressed. Um, and they said there is a chance that that affects your hearing, maybe 20%. But honestly, right now, if they said 20% hearing loss and we can get your ear fixed, I would say slit that motherfucker open right now. It's so having your ear plugged for two months is so fucking annoying. I can't even begin to explain it. Yeah, 20% fuck it. I'd go with that too. Yeah. And it's not like my voice or our music so pretty that if I hear it a little less, uh, a little less that it's not going to be okay. Yeah, you could consider it like natural uh, uh, ear. What do you call those things? Right, earplugs. Earplugs. Yeah. <laughs> but yo, uh, did, were you able to sing yet? Did you guys practice? Did you do anything? How did how did that go? If you did, um, before my surgery, I did get get with Nick and tried to do. We did we did do one song. If you look, uh, Terrorsman, we have this website we put up, sticktight.la, and we've been putting up some um, kind of like lost stuff there, like old songs we never released and just all, cool. all shit. Yeah, it, it's been cool. And there was a song on there. Um, excuse me. Um, the third one we put up, so the most recent unreleased song i can't think of the name of it right now that i did with one ear and it was really weird and it it gave me kind of a headache and it's uh it was really weird so um it's not fair to judge until my ear opens up but it's just everything is really off when your your one ear is plugged it's just weird so i did it and i got through it and you know you you can't really hear the difference my my Dirty, stupid, loud voice is always going to be the same unless maybe someone punches me in the throat really hard. But <laughs> for, for me, it wasn't fun to do, and it felt very weird. Do you ever lose your voice or now? 
Yeah, definitely. If, if we don't tour for a while, if we go on tour, um, first couple shows, I'm strong. And then maybe the, the second half of the first week, my voice blows out and then it's just like sing through it and then it comes back. And then once it comes back, I'm good. I could go for two months straight. I always kind of uh, equate it to like if you don't jog for three months yeah. and you go for a jog, you're going to feel super sore after. And then once you keep doing it, you just fall into it. Because your vocal style is just like a relentless, just like, yeah. you know, it's a, it's not like a scream, but it's like it's such a like a high volume, direct kind of kind of but great, great voice, great voice, though. Thank you. I do have a lot of help from uh, Martin and Linkovich. They they are amazing. Um, what do you call it? Uh, uh, back backups, I guess. You know, yeah. the, both of those guys have a mic and and uh, they're very good at helping me get through it. And plus, you're always good at handing out handing off uh, to somebody else for a song here and there, right? Anybody, everybody, <laughs> and anybody. <laughs> I mean, I get to, I've done these songs for 20 years. So if anybody's psyched enough to sing one of them, please. Just, now listen, just earlier, don't have coronavirus when you do Yeah, it. really. You got to go out there in like a, in like a bubble now. Are you going to be a little paranoid, you know, when, once you hit the stage again? And I bet everybody will, right? I mean, you'd, you'd want to say, yeah, but I mean, I'm also the idiot that had like, had spinal surgery on my neck and has like three bulging discs in my lower back and still jumps in the crowd and lets people jump on me and stage dives and stuff. So it's just like, sure, I should be scared. But when, when the, the music hits and you just go for it and you just fucking go for it, whatever happens, happens, but ah, who knows? Yeah. Maybe one day I'll, I'll, I'll grow up and smarten up. No, never. Come on. Don't say that. You're going to get everybody depressed, but check this out. You said earlier that you're the guy in terror. You do everything. You do all the business part, all of that, this and that. Is that because you don't have guys willing to do it or because you're a control guy? Uh, definitely be control. Um, control guy. <laughs> Cause I remember I mean, when we were doing this interview, you said, you had to write it down on your calendar and this and that. I'm like, oh, all right, all right. This guy's a real organized guy. I'm I'm crazy. I live off lists. <laughs> I I have I have a list of things that I want to do every day. Um, and you right actually now, write it down? Uh, it's all in my phone at this point. I used to have. If you look on Keepers of the Faith uh, mm-hmm. record layout on the thank you list, uh, Pat Patrick from Reaper. Uh, slid in there. No, it's not the thank you list. It's the sponsorship list. Like these guys have fucking ESP or fucking whoever and all, all that shit. Yeah. Kitzel slid in their mead notebooks, M E A D, whatever that is. Cause at that time it was all paper and he would just watch me with these lists. So now I've put, put them all on my phone, but in my phone right now, I have a list of things I want to do every day, which is like, take a walk, do my back and arm exercises, um, read. That's, that's something very, very new to me. Read. Like you got to write this stuff down. You can't just be like, Oh, I'm going to take a walk at some point. I, I could, but I don't, I mean, taking a shower and eating are not on the list, but 
Pretty much everything else is. And then I'll put down daily things. So things on my list today were like, take my girlfriend to the eye doctor. Uh, Hmm. This thing, this this podcast, uh, I don't know, whatever else. So, and every day I'll just have, uh, I have this thing, I think it's called pro planner or something. Every day I look at this and then I have other lists. I have a list of like my life of everything I want to get done. And then I have a terror list. So I'm definitely like ultra organized and that, wow. that may be how a band like terror who is pretty much a straight up hardcore band. We're not the most amazing sounding band. You know, we work really hard. We tour really hard. We have our shit together, but we're not like this legendary New York band. We don't have that going for us. Maybe it's the only way that five people have been able to, for the most part, live off this band for 20 years is just that making sure everything gets done on time always. Now, what would be on the life list like that, like life goals? Uh, Number one on the life list is get the ear to open up. So that was a, that was an addition. Is there always additions on the life list, or oh, are there some real old items on there? There's coming. There things are getting taken off. Things are getting put on. Can I <laughs> can I can I x out this phone call and look at my phone and I can tell you what's on the life list or not so much. I won't mess I mean, with it. The yeah, life list. <laughs> the life list. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, the life list right now has a lot of songs I have to record vocals for because I'm out of commission for two months. Um, you know, that'd be a great title of a, of a song, The Life List. <laughs> the Life List is strong. I mean, pe- people that I talk to all the time, like, how's the list today? That That's what they ask me to mean, like, do you have any free time today? Oh, damn. See, I always went when there's dudes in the scene and they're really organized it always throws me off because i always picture everybody in the scenes like half-assed like me just say, oh, yeah i'll do it oh no forget it oh, i forgot but yeah when i when it was a guy like you that's real organized that's a good thing man that's pretty cool i'm ultra organized and i'm also the, another good thing about the list is once the list is done uh, i'm like the i even when the world is open and free and you don't have to worry about anything. Mm -hmm. I I don't do anything. I don't hang out with anyone. I don't, I don't go anywhere. I go to hardcore shows to see in once in a while. I'll go to a sporting event once in a while. I used to, I used to like going to the movies, but I realized someone's kicking my chair. Someone's doing something. It's, it's more frustrating (laughs) than fun. So I literally don't do anything. So once the life list is done for the day, I just lay on the couch and watch TV and have is that, lazy, lazy time. Is anything like, uh, are there things on the life list that are really kind of minuscule things that you would put? Like like watching a certain TV show or something or not? No, nothing like that. Nothing like oh, that. okay. All right. Wow, that's pretty crazy, man. I like that. <laughs> But that's what? that shows like this the, the the lyrics you write and stuff. You're 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 a sick maniac. It's kind of like it's it's a real thing. <laughs> I like can, that. Can I tell you a funny story about Jordan and control and other people in the band wanting to? Do yes, it? yes. So, so 
Jordan joins the band, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago. And um, everybody in terror on tour, when, when, when we decided, excuse me, we used to take like two or three people on tour with us. Like we'd have a fucking tour manager, a merch person, and a drum tech. And then we just decided, why are we paying all these people stuff that we could do ourselves? None of us want to sell the merch. None of us want to sit there and do that. Mm-hmm. But And we, we decided, imagine having just six people instead of eight in this van. And at the we always get two hotel rooms. Instead of four people per room, it'd be three. The van would only be six people. And paying these people was a lot of money. So we just yeah. eventually... And so when we put it back to just six people, then everyone in the band took a job or, or two to do with the band. Like, uh, I think Nick took getting paid because I'm not going to get paid because I'm fucking drunk most of the time after we get played, after we play. <laughs> so I'm not going to be that person. Um, so we all have these little jobs like to do within the band that we had previously given to other people to do that we could easily do ourselves. So when this came about and Jordan joined the band and we're trying to figure out things for him to do and what he would be comfortable with and stuff, he looked me dead in the eye. Oh, and and Nick, our our drummer Nick drives all the time. If it's if it's anything less than a nine hour drive, Nick is driving the whole time by choice. Wow. And and I and he always gets out and pumps the gas, too. And I was like, hey, Jordan, maybe it'd be cool, like to give Nick a break when we go to a gas station, since he's driving the whole time, give him like an extra 10 minutes to fucking take a shit, whatever. And you could pump the gas for him. That could be something you could do. And he got like mad at like offended (laughs) and said, yeah, you know, I thought like, uh, and this is what, this is like one month into the band. I thought I'd be uh, kind of more like the financial guy, do stuff with the money. And I'm like, yeah, okay, you're going to jump in and start <laughs> handling the money for us? <laughs> Man, do you set them straight? Um, I think I think he didn't pump the gas and he didn't touch the money. So yeah. maybe he won. Yo, what's what are the job layouts? Could you tell us or not? What's everybody do? Like we know Jordan gets paid at the end of the day. That's he's the uh, guy to do that. No, Nick. Nick. Nick gets, gets paid. Money. Okay, Nick. Get, Nick does that job. What's what's um, the rest of the guys do? Um, advancing the shows, which for if anyone doesn't know, that's like hitting the po- promoter up before, like a, a few days or a week before the show, and make sure everything's set. Um, Who's that? You? Yes. Okay. I, I, I think I do the things where you have to maybe talk to someone a little bit sterner if they're just giving you the fucking runaround. Um, are, are the other guys too nice or what? Or you just start mm, controlling again? Maybe I just like to be a dick. Yeah. Maybe. Um, <laughs> um, finding a parking place, you know, because when you have a van and a trailer, that can be a, a fucking headache. So, um, I think loading in is everybody. Uh, Martine always hangs the banner. Um, Do you help load in? Come on, you're the singer. You can't load in. That's nah. a bad look. The, yeah. these, guys, these guys know my body's so fucked up. Like These guys are fucking young and strong, and I'm broken and old and beat up. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, remember that? Remember that tour where I was helping out? I, I had a job in the in the uh, 
in terror for a minute. When I was I was the judge for uh, a uh, a case. Between two- <laughs> <laughs> what was the case? Was it me and Luke? No, it was a case between and Jordan? Uh, Jordan and you, and I think Jordan and uh, Martine. Was it when he puked on my socks? It was a financial case of borrowing money a long time ago, and you know we don't need to give the details, but it was a good. I was I was glad to help out. Oh, was it was Martine and Jordan with a yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> it was some kind of borrowing money in the past issue, and I don't know was... who who won the case. Ah, I can't remember, but uh, you weren't happy. You weren't happy with the first with the first ruling, and you wanted to you you call you know you were calling for a kangaroo court. But, I wanted like a yeah. an appeal. I called an appeal. You yeah, you were very angry. You were very angry with that case. <laughs> <laughs> so sick, man. I wonder if we'll ever be able to tour again with this crazy stuff going on. Well, you guys always shut us down, so you're not going to tour with no. us anyways. We were ready for this this last one. We said yes, yes, yes. You Defeater, who we say? Defeater, us, somebody else. It was a good idea, but yeah, it couldn't happen, I guess. You guys are uh, definitely one of our favorite bands to tour with. Oh, funny, yeah. funny fun. guys can be serious, and then Luke's just, I don't know what Luke is, but free entertainment and amazing. Remember yeah. when Luke would come check on me at four in the morning? Like, in he would, I would go to sleep like a good, <laughs> like a good, good little Scotty trying to not drink till four in the morning. And then yeah. Luke would just open my curtain while I'm sleeping and go, are you okay? Yeah. Like, what the <laughs> fuck do you mean? Am I okay? I'm sleeping. <laughs> One night he was, uh, he's like, where's Scott? And he, Oh, he's sleeping. I got to check on him. We said, nah, leave him alone. <laughs> leave him alone. He's like, and he had like a, what looked like a corn muffin. He's like, I want to see if he's hungry. I'm going to give him a muffin. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. This guy's, I probably He's, shoved it in my mouth. No, we didn't let him go that night. He only does that when he gets away from us, you know. <laughs> when when he stuff does stuff like that, it means he escaped. So uh, he's on the loose. Sometimes he gets on the loose. But yeah, we always have good times. But what's up with Tara? If you if you can't tour for a while, are you gonna bust out all new material? Like this is the time to be writing. Of course, you know, your ears kinda out of whack, but like what uh, are the what are the immediate plans, if any? I'll give you another semi I can't give you all the details, but yes, you can. we are currently in Nick's house studio recording something that I would call kind of special and outside the box. Mm. And uh, the music for that, it's 12 songs. The music for that is about 75% done. And then when my stupid fucking ear opens up i'm gonna do the vocals for that and that's something that's going to be coming out within the hopefully the next couple months uh when that's done we are going to go into full writing for the next uh full length terror record and then we're you know we're doing the website too which has been kind of fun and we've been doing these garage casts where me martine and nick sit in my garage where I'm sitting right now and just uh, talk about each record we put out. We started with Lowest of the Low, the first record, and have been going record by record by record and putting that up on the, the stick tight dot oh, that's LA awesome. site. Yeah, so that's been fun. Like we, we had um, 
Todd Jones was on the lowest of the low one, and the, I think he was on both, and the one with the underdogs one, the two records he wrote. Mm-hmm. And we just had Busky via like Skype or whatever on the uh, the Damn the Shamed one. And uh, the next one will be Keepers of the Faith, and the plan is to get Jordan and David Wood on there. So it's just like kind of us talking for like a half hour about what was going on with the band, blah, blah, blah. That, that's we, a great idea, man, to do that. And then we play each song. Nick, you know, Nick's like technical man. He plays each song in the background and we talk about it and like, oh, I remember this part. We ripped it off from Leeway and uh, blah, 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 blah. So just shit like that. So just trying to stay um, engaged and uh, somewhat busy and and keep keep terror on the minds of the people. That's Um, awesome. We've been putting those unreleased songs up there, live sets, buried videos, photos, and stuff like that. So if anyone's into terror, check the site out. Like I said, we got that record. I don't want to put too much detail out there till it's totally done. Um, but it's kind of pretty fucking cool, I would say, for, for a terror fan. And oh, I hate that word. A terror supporter. Fan a terror listener. Yes, fan is so stupid. And uh, yeah, and now um, Nick's been writing. Uh, Jordan told me the other day he's got about five songs written. And uh, oh, dope. me, Nick, and Martine are going to start going to Nick's studio and really trying to lay things down. If we could come out of this quarantine with a new record completely written, ready to go into a studio, that would be a amazing thing. You got to. You got to take advantage of this time. Yeah, and and when you do record, will you go to Will Putney again? It's funny because I had a phone call with the almighty James Vitalo, our manager, mm-hmm. yesterday, and we were talking about that. Um, he did a great job in the studio. I loved was, it. The studio was great. He was great. Everything about him was great. There's a definitely a chance, but there's also maybe we want to do it in L.A., especially if we want to get if if because I'm hearing like every two weeks I'm hearing we're not going to be playing a show a month later and a month later and a month later. The yeah. the, the earliest I heard now is like next March. Oh, so we're talking wow. fucking eight more months. Uh, mm. So. Maybe we want to do it if we can find someone that has a studio. We can do it out here, but that yeah, his location isn't really uh, is not too kind to you. But the 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 product came out great. Yeah, he did not. I don't have one complaint. Yeah, I'd love that guy's recordings. I love what. So if if he's a friend of yours, say yo, hey, uh, my guy friend Rich, he's looking. You know, throw us a good word. You met him when you because you guys were there. Yeah, I was yeah. trying to gas him up to give him compliments. He, he wasn't even budging. He wouldn't give me the time of day. Uh, nah, he's great, great stuff, man. I love what he did with that body count record. That shit sounds so good. Dude, guitar tones. Yeah. These uh, people out in the listening world, these Wisdom and Chains guys and Ray came up and did gang vocals. And then when Tara was playing a show that night in New Jersey, these guys sabotaged me and started taking me to bars at like 2, 3 in the <laughs> afternoon. By the the next day, I wake up and I don't even remember what happened. Oh, bad things! Evil straight edge guys. (laughs) It wasn't the straight edge guys that were causing all the the commotion. I was trying to (laughs) I was trying to keep things in check. Yeah, that was was a wild show though. But yeah, good day all all around. A good day. 
Damn, Scotty. I hope these times come back because I've been having a ball these last couple decades. What, you know what, I mean? <laughs> what What's the vibe with people you're talking to? Are they losing their minds because they can't tour? Are they losing their minds because they're not making any money? Are they losing their minds because the uncertainty? Or are is there people like me that if both their ears work, they'd be kind of content with just taking this time to there rest? Are. There are, but you are would be in the, in the uh, minority. Most people definitely are fiending to play again, to tour again. There's the guys that, you know, you probably know plenty too, the tattoo shop owners, the venue owners. Those guys are in a real bad predicament. As far as the musicians, though, yeah, most guys want to play again, you know. It's, Most I feel really play. bad for people that own a business like that, like a tattoo shop is a perfect example. They've put their whole lives into it, built it up, maybe given 10, 20, 30 years to it. Our comp, probably a lot of them have started families, have a, a semi-comfortable living, yeah. doing art, something they've loved, and they're on it the seems like- are they Are they going to lose their business? It's very possible. seems like the people getting hurt the worst from this are the people that actually, you know, they make their own money their own way. Those are the people that are really getting clipped the hardest, you know. And, you know, if you if you wanted to play a, a show right now, you catch heat from a lot of kids, you know, that that's irresponsible and X, Y, and Z. And maybe it is, but, you know, there's no energy to, to dog Target or Walmart, is there? Like, you know. It seems like everybody's coming down on the smallest guys that are trying to make a move in this and then ignoring the, the big picture. But a lot of people believe they, uh, you know, I, I, I did this couple other interviews. They have a tone of like they're not really buying this. They think it's sort of like a fake thing or exaggerated uh, pandemic. What do you think? Are you willing to say anything about that? This shit fucked me up and I know it's real. And it was mm. the is the sickest I've ever felt in my life. Like, you know, uh, I had spinal surgery. That was worse. I felt worse. But yeah. I have never in my life been on a couch sweating, freezing for two weeks straight. I was wow. fucked up. Uh, you know, uh, like I said, I go on tour, you know, a lot. And, I, I you know, you're bound to get sick. And, you know, for three days, I feel like shit. After five days, it's it's gone. Maybe I have, like, I'm spitting up some fucking phlegm and shit like that. This was two weeks where I don't even think I could have walked to, you know, a 10-minute walk. I was so weak and so fucked up. So Yeah, so it had I mean, to do something some permanent damage or not perm, but you know, some long-term damage to hit you that hard for that long, you know, it was bad. So, I mean, I mean, there you have it. People, Scott vocals telling the truth. <laughs> this pandemic is the real deal. Did, from my, did you talk from, to Anthony Fauci at all about this? Do you have any connections to him? Uh, he's going to give me a call after this. Cause a lot of people don't know. He was an original bass player in leeway. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, dude. Anthony Fauci, look at the first demo. For real? Nah, I made <laughs> like, like, like the name? <laughs> nah, I, mean, I, I, even know. I didn't believe the person, but the name. Does that not sound like a guy in a New York hardcore band from the <laughs> 80s and 90s? It, it definitely does. <laughs> Anthony Fauci. I mean, I, I, 
I guess, you know, I've heard things and I hear things and I talk to people, but for me, it's just so clear cut because yeah, I, it, it fucked because me your up. personal experience. Yeah. You're not right. going to really play the game of, ah, oh, this sounds weird. This sound, you, you were dealing with doctors because you caught this fucking shit. And I know, uh, like, I, I don't want to put people's business out there because if, if they don't want to just say, in case, yeah, right. But I know an, another, a, a few people from the same tour mm. that got very sick and got tested and are positive for antibodies and tested at the time, you know, at the time I didn't get a, a test, a coronavirus test, but I do know people from the same tour that did and tested positive. So, yeah. I mean, well, at the time, like March 14th and a little bit after there was, I mean, getting one of those tests was almost impossible right, back then. Right. So, uh, having antibodies means you have, like, they recognize that you once had it. That's what basically what that means. Yeah. It means that you you had it and your body builds up antibodies to fight it off. So, I mean, again, I'm not a doctor, but well, I, while I have the antibodies, I can't get it again. Supposedly. I mean, you'll hear a a million other things. Once the antibodies disappear, which they could, I, I didn't get a test for a month, so I guess they could have left my body. Um, I can get it again, uh, in theory. But, yeah. uh, you know, and I'm not a fucking doctor. I'm not, uh, I don't know so many things about the government. I don't know. I don't put anything, I'm not, I don't love the government. I don't believe the government. I don't put anything past the government. I just know that there's the public was told there's a strong virus that you catch through the air. I'm a singer in a hardcore band. I breathe a ton of people's air in. I got super sick for two weeks, sicker than I've ever been in my life. And it was all in my nose and it has fucked my breathing or whatever you want to say it. My sinus is up to the point where I had to get a surgery and my ear is still fucking plugged and it fucking pisses me off. Mm. And you were, you know, a lot of people in the scene are kind of conspiracy theorists, guys. You're not really into that stuff too much anyway, are you? Or maybe for entertainment value, but I never really heard you popping off too much about no, it. No, Linkovich will go into the fucking. Is like, he a lizard people or, guy or what? He's like the earth is flat shit. <laughs> and, That's and the best. I, but I think he just does it to, for yeah, like yeah. shits and giggles. And then I'm like, why are you wasting your time on this? And I'll go waste my time and watch Seinfeld. So who's being the dumber idiot? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's all entertainment at the end of the day. But yeah, imagine if, God, God forbid, imagine if you died from this. But think of the shirts that would be made. Like, there would be so many dope shirts. <laughs> Rest right? in peace, Corona yeah. Vogel. Oh, come on, forget it. We'd have a song, the Vogel stomp, everything would be. Well, we already know that uh, Wisdom and Chains has a song about me and Luke, so Ooh. it wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> That we gotta we and we need material for another song too. So hopefully, hopefully it happens, man. I miss I miss playing. I don't go crazy with it like you know you guys. So I can see why you you would get a little tired of it after a while. For for us, it's like you guys are like and and to bands that do this for a living. You guys are like the real deal. You guys are like the junkies on the street. 
Like you stay there. <laughs> and we're like we're like functioning junkies that when we need a fix, we go hang out for like two weeks, get high, and then we're like, oh, we got to get back to our jobs and our family. This is crazy. And then we, we get back. But I give props because people always say they want to they play, they want to do this, but it's not easy, man. And, you know, you've seen a lot of people have the opportunity to stay in the road, and after a while, like, nah, fuck this. Like, you know, a lot of... A lot of people, it's like, be careful what you wish for. It's it's tough. I love it, but I'm just saying, it's it's a tough gig, always playing and always getting out there, keeping busy and staying in the circuit. You know, uh, it's it's super tough. Uh, it's very hard on relationships. Yeah, um, it's very hard on your body. Uh, As you are living proof with that back. Right. It's very hard on. Um, I mean, this might be an excuse, but for me, it's been very hard with alcohol. Like you're, you're, you're surrounded by, mm. um, let's take a person like Luke, just like, like yeah. you, you just, you just described Luke is always happy, always in a good mood, always loves to party, loves to drink. And for me, I'm on tour, you know, seven, eight months a year. And for like, for him, that's, that's his week or his two weeks that he, on tour so he's revved up and ready to go every night yeah. and i don't want to let him down i want to hang with him i want to have a good time <laughs> and it just there's there's you're killing yourself for luke tour. oh and, no and you know you roll into every city and you you've made friends and for them like that's their night out that's their night to let loose that's their night to get drunk that's their night to be wild and they don't realize that you're doing this every fucking night and when you tell them, yo, I'm not drinking on this tour, they get so bummed at you or like, yo, yeah. I'm taking the night off. They they take it as like a personal slight. Like, I came here, you only see me once every year. I'm here ready to hang out with you. And you're hiding in the back, you're hiding in your van, not drinking with me. And you're like, yeah, dude, my insulted. liver, my liver's gonna explode. Please understand. But you know How are you with the drinking? You toned it down after during this thing, probably, right? Uh perfect. When I'm home, I'm I'm good. I've been oh, so. good for a while, and uh, when I was here's here's another thing when I how I know coronavirus is real. When I was laying on the couch sick as hell, I was making deals with God that I don't even believe in. I was like, God, I will never touch alcohol again. Just let me start to feel better. Let me start to feel better. Ah. So <laughs> the the Corona made you think believe in God and shit. That's serious. Corona brought you faith. <laughs> Damn man, keep the well, I'm faith. Glad, I'm glad you're feeling good. I'm glad you're feeling good, and and keeping the faith is a good way to end this thing because you know we love we love Rebees and we always keep the faith. Amen. And you're like Amen. you're basically the hardcore historian. You want to tell anybody anything? Uh, any locations, web addresses, any of that? Uh, that new site I talked about was sticktight.la. Can I can I talk for about a couple things real quick? Of course, homie. Um. I think we touched enough on coronavirus and I just want everyone to be safe and, you know, I can't be in people's heads or make them believe anything. That's my story. And, uh, this shit's been hard. It sucked. And mm -hmm. like I said, I'm, I'm really hoping in the next week or so my ear opens up and I can get back to being happy and riding my bike and all that shit. Um, but I just want everyone to be safe and maybe, take my words to heart and think about it. And another thing I want to say is, which we didn't really touch on, um, with the death of George Floyd, I think it, it needs to be said that um, it was Im immensely 
inspiring to see the hardcore scene so, so involved and so many people putting themselves, their bands on the line and standing up and taking a stand for something that the hardcore scene has obviously always been very, very strong about. Definitely. But it was it was really inspiring to see. And it, it was a lot of young kids, a lot of young kids just really going all out um, to support the Black Lives Matters movement and uh, just taking a stand against racism and really putting it out there. And, and, you know, I saw people getting arrested. I saw people protesting on the daily. I saw people really fighting hard for something that is obviously something that we've seen time and time and time again. And there just has to come to a point where you can't can't take anymore and have to take a stand. And it was really inspiring to see a lot of people doing that. And not just the hardcore scene. Of course, um, I feel empowered by the hardcore scene, but it seemed like the whole world took a stand all over the world, even outside yeah. the United States. So many countries got involved. So I think that's a beautiful thing. And I think uh, it's yeah, a testament. It. Yeah, testament to that that hardcore is more than music and mosh pits and and it's about thinking and having a free world and, and giving having an open mind and looking at people and judging them for who they are and not not a lot of the bullshit we see in this fucked up world that uh, you know that we don't let into our scene. So I think that's very very uh, cool and it was inspiring. I'm glad you brought that up. Beautiful stuff and it's it is the truth. A lot of the kids out there in the street, like, you know, putting the money where the mouth is, all the lyrics and this and that, you know, it's, it's, it's real, you know, it's, it's what people believe. It's how people react. And yeah, we can't let that happen on our watch and it's be on the sidelines. You know, there's no way. Yeah. I saw so many people raising money too. And, and it was just yeah. uh, really cool to see. And, and it's not over. It's still happening. And obviously a, a problem hundreds of years is not going to go away in a month so yeah uh, yeah now we all got our work cut out for us but this was definitely inspirational and it was so it was like probably long overdue but you know this everybody clowns on this generation here and there you know they never been through anything they never blah 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 you probably hear that but look right, look right. what they're going through not just this pandemic, but these riots and the economy and everything. And I think I think these I think the kids are holding up just just fine, you know, for real. And me, I'm a hardcore dude, so I like I like riots. I like seeing shit get burned <laughs> down. Like you know, people, you know, all of a sudden like hardcore dudes are like Law and Order dudes. I'm like, what? I like when shit gets crazy and chaotic. I love chaos, but. You know, uh, of course, I eat my own words if they come at my house and they're burning it down, of course. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. I, I'm not sweating somebody burning down a CVS. Do it. I like that shit. It was. Uh, do we have another minute? I don't know if you yeah, ever go too long. Um, we make the fucking rules. We, uh, you know, Tara did a few benefits. We, we did our own benefit shirt. And we uh, did like a, a fundraiser where we a raffle, but we did this like collaboration T-shirt with a bunch of other bands, uh, Knock Loose, Stick Your Guns, all these other bands. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we posted it, 
it was. I mean, I, I mean, I know this. Terror has, Terror has a broad fan base. I guess I would say. Uh, uh, I would say, a lot of different types of people listen to the band. We've toured with. We've been a band for a long time. We've toured with so many different types of bands. Um, yeah, very smart too. Smart move. But it was. Uh, for every few comments of people giving us props, there were people that were saying, I'll never listen to your band again, which, you know, good riddance. But it, over it's what, very, what over what exactly? Like, what was their issue? Um, that the money would go to. Is there a certain place the money was going to that they didn't agree with? Or I don't know if it I think it was just as simple as a saying where standing in solidarity with black lives matter it might have been a it might have been a anti-police thing i, I can't remember exactly what wow, it was what a bunch of fake phony frauds but, making a big but, deal about that yeah it was one of those two things for sure and um yeah i think it was a black lives matter thing and i think there was people that were writing all lives matter i'll never listen to your band again this and that or what do you know or uh, stuff like that and it's just god damn can't even have a like isn't that so lame isn't that so fucking (laughs) i mean it's just a band that i love i'm gonna stop listening to them because they're they're for a cause that i'm not interested in don't like or don't understand that's as simple as it is like like you know Trump has a has, you know he he's 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 like pushing out Goya now. I'm not going to stop eating Goya. I hate Trump, but I'd still love Goya. Right. You right. know what I mean? Like these kids can't just be like, oh, oh, Tara does some shit that I don't really I'm not down with or I don't understand. No big deal. Fuck it. It's all good. Like just a bunch of fucking clowns out there, man. What but a you world. Know what? Yeah, and and to to put you got and put you you put your name on the line though when you when you when you show what you're about, because you know there's some bands that don't want to. There's some bands that want to be quiet because ugh, be quiet because we'll get judged. Right. Fuck it, say what you you know say what you're about. Even playing live, I tell people, yo, if I got an offer to play live right now, and I knew we could pull it off, I'd say fuck it, let's play live. Yeah, I know there's a pandemic going on. You hate me because of that. Okay, so be it. Go go fuck with Walmart. Don't fuck with me. You know what I mean. This is a small time thing. It's not a big issue, but if you have an issue, I could see you having an issue, but no reason to do this boycotting and canceling and this and that. It's just like, you know, I give props to all the bands that, that put their name on a shirt for something they believe in because you know you're going to get judged, you know? That's just how it is nowadays. Right, and I think one of the only, not, not one of the only things, the most important thing that separates hardcore from mainstream music is that we're supposed to stand for something we're supposed to, our lyrics are supposed to mean something we're mm-hmm. supposed to question everything we're supposed to know that the government and the police are not our fucking friends looking out for our best interest and we're supposed to take a stand against things and want this world to be have a better place and make something positive out of all the negative. So if you just shut your mouth and let things happen, you're, you're just no different than everybody out there in mainstream society with their eyes closed and yeah. their mouth shut doing nothing. That's the backbone of everything of hardcore is 
going against the grain and questioning authority and trying to build a world that's better than the fucked up world we've been given. So if you just shut your mouth and your eyes, then mm-hmm. what are you really, what are you really doing? Yeah. What's the point? You, you right. gotta, you believe in something. We believe in something that's hardcore. It's the beauty. That's why I love it so long. You love it so long. And, uh, it is what it is, my friend. What else you got to add? That's it. That's all I Good. got. You know what? Enjoy that California weather. Enjoy your girl. Hopefully you get better soon, man. I think you will. I think you listen to the doctors. I'm going to check up on you in about a week <laughs> and, and, and see how that ear's doing, man. So I hope I hear some good news. Thanks for having me, my man. Have a great day. You too, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Later. Thanks a lot for listening. We really appreciate it. Post America Podcast will always be there for you. Don't forget that. Tune in next time for more fun with the boys. Until then, get your fucking ass out of here before I give you a smack, motherfucker! Who the fuck you think you in? This is Post America! You ain't shit, motherfucker!